I'm so on. <laughs> okay, good. This is amazing. Adele and your team, thank you. This is just the sweetest privilege. The only way I can put it is to say I'm quite pumped. I'm like super pumped. And uh, for the old folk, you won't understand this next term, but the OOTDs in this place tonight, that's the outfit of the days on next level, as was said earlier. There's a lady in a white dress. Here she is. Oh my goodness, you look beautiful. You look beautiful. I quickly scribbled on a piece of paper. This feels like the party of the year and I was invited. Oh my goodness. Anyway, so, you know, I don't want to make apologies. And I already told Amy in the car. I've brought my friend Amy along. I, I don't want to make apologies, but there's a good chance I'm going to go on tangents. It's just what I do. <laughs> so I might call it ADD, but I'm not going to go with that tonight. But yes, I'm so excited. And I do love that I'm still considered like a suitable candidate to speak at a young adults thing. Turned 40 last month, I thought that's over for me now, now I have to speak to like old people. But um, so I'm very chuffed about that, and I am here to say that there are things that are not gonna change. Now that I'm 40, I'm not gonna start making excuses for my somewhat silly personality at times. I'm not gonna stop being loud. I'm, I'm known for being quite loud. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna like give up my love for Bieber and the guys. I'm still, all of that is still here to stay, so all of that remains. Let me have a sip because I must actually gather myself. I'm a little bit too excited. We're gonna do this preach together, by the way. You'll find out shortly why. So something I really do appreciate and, and took some time to take stock of as I turned 40, and I did. I had the best birthday. I just took a moment to look at my life to reflect, and man, I am wealthy in friendships, I have to say. I have friendships on all sides of me. I am wealthy. I have got mature, deep friendships that, friendships that I've had since class one or whatever you call that now, grade one, grade R, grade something, double north, there's noughts in there. Um, and some of my closest friends are friends I've only had for a handful of years. And there's such depth to our relationship. Men and women in my life that I, I can't quite believe God added to my life. And yet, still the most phenomenal and most important relationship in my life is the one that I've cultivated with Jesus. It, he, he's been so much better to me than I have to him. He's like super faithful. His love is unmatched and lavish. I haven't always over the years shown him the same commitment to our friendship, but it's so important to me. It is the most important relation. If you hear one thing, I might say that 10 more times, but if you hear one thing, hear this, that the most important relationship you will have in this life is the one with Jesus. And through my many, many mistakes over the years, he continues to pour out his love on me. It's like, and I do, I do my best not to abuse that, but I can just keep coming back to that friendship and he's so unforgiving and he's so unconditional. Who doesn't want that friendship in their life? You know, it's just so overboard. So I would have been nowhere without him. I wouldn't have the husband. I mean, honestly, the biggest display of God's kindness in my life is the husband that I have. He is unbelievably good to me. I wouldn't have the husband I have. I wouldn't have the three wild boys that I have. I wouldn't be able or have the capacity or the know-how to lead a church and yet he comes and he champions me and he pours courage over me and he wants to do that for everyone. I love it. He's so committed to us. I do this a lot. I do. I talk with my hands a lot. It's going to happen. So, so tonight I want to speak to you about the most important relationship that you will have, ever have. And it's the one, I'm going to word it like this. It's the one you'll have with the person of truth. So Jesus, your friend, yes, but the person of truth and we'll get into it. So I want to invite you. I wanna invite you to, I mean, this, I mean, I just watched the display of praise to the king. I mean, I know your hearts are open. 
It's like, we, I could pack up, work is done. But I wanna invite you just to open your hearts wide because you know what, he's so good and he's so kind, he knew every single person that would be here tonight, even you chaps at the back, he knew every single person that would be here tonight and he has a word for every single one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, from the most awake to the one half asleep. There's no one asleep here, you're all young. <laughs> but he's so good that this is for everyone, so please, I wanna invite you to open your heart and then, here's where it's gonna be like a both and participation. Adele, I'm sorry, this might look a bit messy, but it's happening. I want to know, has anyone, I doubt anyone's ever asked you this question, but how would you like to interact with this word tonight? Just to say yes. So try not to do this noisy, but if you hear something that causes a leap in your spirit, I mean, you'll agree with much, but if you hear some, you will, I know, because it's from the Lord. If you hear something, you think, man, amen to that and amen to that, you're just gonna stand and sit, stand and sit. So as I'm saying things and you're like, that is so me, you're literally, literally gonna stand and sit. No one's looking at you, there's standing and sitting happening everywhere. And what we're doing is we are just building this incredible principle of agreement in the room. You are agreeing with the sisters behind in front and alongside you in agreement. You are, you are amping up the amen in this place. And by the way, I like amens as well, all right. So I wanna really encourage you, as something leaps within you, that is, I needed to hear that, or I agree with that, or yes, Jesus. There's no, you don't have to stand and amen, just up and down, up and down, and that can carry on throughout. Right, so let's do this. Girls, I really felt this whole week, I might have shared it with Adele even, that this is a draw, a line in the sand moment tonight, that there's an opportunity to say, you know what, actually, hang on, both feet in. I'm actually getting all in. I'm done with my one foot here, one foot there, compromise, all those other uglies that we face. And you just tonight, I really believe there's an invitation to say, I'm all in. That might be that you speak to somebody afterwards. That might be that the Lord does a dealing in your heart as you sleep tonight. You might sit right now, shivering under the presence of the Lord, because tonight is a moment in your walk with Jesus. I'm so privileged to be a part of it. Tonight is a moment in your walk with Jesus where you just say, all in. So that is the invitation tonight. No turning back. So if I'm gonna speak about truth tonight, it's pretty important to say the most important thing is, and that is that truth, no, what? Truth is an agent of freedom. No, truth is an agent of freedom. I love it in John 8 verse 32. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So there is nothing, really there's no one standing for that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some of you are like, it doesn't suit my dress to stand, it's a bit awkward. A quick hand then if it's really too much, but anyway. So I love that good news. I mean, this is all good news, guys. This is just all good news. There is nothing here tonight that I can say that you would feel condemned by. Okay, conviction, that's a good thing, but there's no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. So let me not digress. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I am constantly amazed at how when we choose to live in the parameters of God's way and God's truth, just how much life there is in that. The world, yes, the world will have you believe, oh, you're a Christian, oh, you've committed to a small box of religion, of rules and regulations. Man, on the contrary, you give your life to Jesus and he comes and he says, here's life, and oh, by the way, it's life abundant. So I just wanna set us, I just wanna set us free of that, that Becoming a Christian does not mean moving into a small, confined box of rules and regulation. And here's a little FYI, God hates religion. Oh my goodness. God hates religion. He is about relationship. 
He is about faith. Good. I'm so glad that sits well with you. So some of you ladies might be very good by now at recognizing some of the enemy's voice in your life and some of his ugly, slimy tactics to rob, lie, and distort the truth that you intend walking in. And to those ladies, I want to say, number one, teach me your ways. Okay, how have you arrived there? And number two, sorry, not sorry then that you're hearing a word that is old news to you because I'm just so aware of how much noise there is wanting to bomb, just bombarding us. And how did I put it to you? It's absolutely critical on the Father's heart that we know what truth looks like and sounds like amidst all the voices. We're going to get into the voices. Now, this is, please hear this because this is very current. There's far too much of this, you do you, you be your truth, hashtag real. It's, it's, it's like framed, it's framed as a sort of kindness. I'm so tolerant of you. I love you so hard that you do you. You do you. You have three husbands, you do you. Okay, it's not always that extreme. But girls, I really want to encourage you. If you don't have conviction around truth, then your identity is actually quite wobbly. Oh, you're in agreement on this. This is so good. If we don't have a conviction around truth, then the enemy's got us at our foundation. Don't confuse having conviction. And this was me when I got saved, so... I was very judgy. Don't confuse having conviction with judging others. Absolutely not. If, but if I never share truth with you, if I only come to love you, I'm actually a coward of a friend. So this, I'm, I'm talking in a few circles here, but just try and stay with me. I always love the analogy of like a, Adele robs a bank and she comes and tells me all about it. If I just, if I'm all you do you, oh, shame Adele, oh, that's okay, I'm here for you, I'll walk with you, it's all right. That's me just trying to love her. But if I'm committed to truth, then I come alongside her and I say, Adele, I'm sorry, there's going to be some steep consequences. You're going to have to face the music big time, but I'm here for you, and I love you. And there is this beautiful marriage between love and truth. And I can t tell you, it took a hang of a lot of years for me to get that right. I was all, hell in heaven. Actually, no, hell. I was so black and white. Everyone was making mistakes around me, and it took me forever to get it right. But I just want to encourage you to own truth doesn't mean you're the nasty person in the group who can't love as well. All right. Identity in him, in truth, is the foundation for everything else in our lives. You know, somebody can say to me, somebody can say to me, oh, you're not, you're not an amazing mother. And I can go, oh, crumbs. Well, at least I'm a good wife. Or somebody can say to me, sure, you've been a lousy friend. And I can go, oh, crumbs. Well, at least I'm an average mom. There's always like another thing in our, in our life and in our sort of list of, of roles that we can lean into, or at least I'm good at maths or whatever it is. But if he comes, if the enemy comes at our identity, if he attacks my identity, he's attacking the foundation on which all of that other stuff pins. You need to know the sound of truth and the voice of truth. God, your identity, girls. I mean, I feel like let's go and do a weekend away and just talk about identity. It's massive. Like the two most massive things I see happening is like identity issues, comparison issues, and they're kind of linked. But I just wanna say, girls, solidify it by knowing Jesus and all that this most beautiful and delicious word says that truth is. Are you there? Even those that haven't stood, are you still, are you for me? Okay. So you know it's the enemy's voice attempting to lead you when it does not sit right with you. There's that still small voice 
that is telling you it's the enemy that's having this other go at you. Even when you're involved in sin that might feel good at the time, there's this unrest in your spirit. And if you allow that still small voice to, to speak loudest, you'll, he'll teach you your rights from wrongs, your yes from your no. The enemy, and he's an ugly thing. I wanna remind you girls of this most simple fact. Now this is so like 101 and yet we just don't seem to recognize it in our lives. And that is that the enemy can only ever lie about what is already true. Lies, falsehood, didn't come before truth. So if he says a lie about me, it's because he knows himself what the truth there is, of that is. Oh, you won't amount to much. That must mean I'm gonna amount to much. You'll never be a mother because of your medical situation. No, that means I'm gonna have six kids. Okay, I was standing there now in worship, full vulnerability. I was standing there in worship going, oh my gosh, Lord, look how on fire these women are. Why have you chosen me? I mean, did you make a mistake? Clearly he didn't because that was a lie from the enemy. Whoop! Okay, so. (laughs) So if he says you're not called too much, I promise you, it means you're called to the very big and bold things. Throw in bold. I feel like bold is important to hear. If you're in a relationship, this is a bit sticky. If you're in a relationship that does not point you to more of Jesus, girls, chances are it's the enemy's tactic of getting you to believe that you don't deserve better. Sure. Oh, Eno, he's so handsome. You think he's handsome, but there's there's still better. There's better out there. And I've, so. (laughs) Okay, so that's a little dealing you can do with the Lord. I'm not responsible for any breakups. Okay. Now, I mean, this, this might even sound a little bit warped, this next bit. But I'm trying to practice in my life using the enemy's voice. I can't put him on my iPhone, but I'm trying to use his voice as a reminder of truth in my life so that he's totally disempowered. He comes with his lie, and it's like I can crumble under that. I can say, oh, fine, here's my identity. You're right, you're right, you're right. Or I can go, oh, cool, that's okay. So then, great, I'm going to walk in this. I say it so often to people. I say it so, so often to people. If there's absolutely no hint of attack on your life, I mean, correct me, theologians, but if there's no hint at all of attack on your life, I just have to ask how effective you're actually being for the kingdom. Why is his attention not on you? <laughs> you know, and I used to be scared and be like, oh, I'm, I'm owning some truth here. What if he like takes me out in the parking lot, the enemy? <laughs> I, 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 even for years, and it's probably still now because I've got such a childlike face, I, I think to myself, if I were home alone and somebody broke in, what would I do? And I'm more like, I would freeze him in the name of Jesus because I can. I'm totally digressing, but it's just all that to say, guys, don't give him any power. And let me promise you this, we'll still be talking about this in your next 10 years and 10 years after that because his complete mission is always to take us out. He works overtime. Imagine how tired the devil must be. Poor thing. You know, overtime. He's working overtime to rob you, to distort truth in your life. Set him as a reminder of what truth is. Amen. Okay, I said, yeah, because truth is always on the back of everything he says. No, no, it actually came before. You got that wrong, Kato. All right, how do we get better at recognizing this particular play of the enemy, his, his lies and all that? It's three things. When our lives are surrendered, when we prior, prioritize our relationship with the person of truth, and when our hearts 
are yielded to God. What is it to be yielded? I love that word about uh, God restoring the fear of the Lord in us, a reference for him. Father, you have my whole heart. I don't know who I think I am to try and take any of it. When we do that, truth comes alive and it actually begins to lead our lives from the small things to the very big things. He is all truth, he is whole truth, and he is good truth. You know, these people that like get hurt in the church, and I know it's real, people get hurt in the church and they leave. I was hurt by the church. And I think, this truth can't hurt a sausage. This truth can't hurt a sausage. Man is weak, man has the ability to hurt. So I realize that there are times we need to work things through, but he is good, 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 good truth. This thing about yielding our hearts, we have, to, we have to just do a dealing in our hearts first. Regarding our hearts, girls, it's not because our hearts are impure, but they are so, they let us down because they are so crowded. Our hearts and minds, in fact, are so, so crowded. We make them busy. We worry about this, we wrestle with that, we confuse ourselves, we want for that, we covet that, and our heart and our mind is this complete like turmoil going on all the time. That's the thing we wanna yield to God? No, we have to remove some of that noise. We allow far too many things to weigh on these precious hearts of ours. I've got such a, like a, I've got such a passion for the brain and the heart. I suppose it's the mind and the heart. Give those things to Jesus, man, you will be a force. You will be a force. We allow too many things to weigh on our precious hearts to clutter them until we are burdened, burdened and overwhelmed. I mean, can anyone relate to that? Are you, is it just foggy up here some of the time? And it's foggy up here, and then it's hot, 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 difficult to be led by the heart, led with my heart. But here's something helpful. No one was more demanded of than Jesus. No one was more demanded of than Jesus, our, our, our Savior, the Savior of the world. And yet he kept his heart pure, and he was focused. Friends, if your heart is harassed and crowded, you need to take careful consideration on how to change that. It's a very, very precious thing to God because we want to yield it to him and not him. He got that. I'm, I'm good with amens. I mean, don't slow down on the amens, all right? Taryn Bardnos, I can't hear you. <laughs> so, that which occupies our heads and our minds often dictates our lives. I mean, I'm very honest. I was staying with a friend a little while ago. I went to Durban and I was staying with some friends and she was just spending left, right, and center. I'm just gonna be honest. And she was like, oh, we were driving. Oh, I need scatter cushions. We pulled over and she dropped 3K on some scatter cushions that the kids then put their dirty feet on later and I was dying. Then we drove here and um, oh, I don't feel like cooking and dropped another thousand rand at Woolies and blah, 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 blah. And in that week that I started, I just watched this lavish life she's living. I watched this lavish life. And I realized, and then all this wanting, I found myself wanting, wanting. And then my mind and my heart and my everything became cluttered. And I was coveting this and, I was, and that's the other day, okay? So even I'm still getting it wrong. And I just realized I'm, I'm clouding, I'm, my mind and my heart are foggy with things that are not of God. And in fact, I just turned this way and I went, hey, hang on, I'm at dinner with my kids every night. I'm in the most fantastic marriage. There is the spirit of God is alive in my home and in our church and in my life. Actually, I've got a full, full rich portion. Let me actually just stop all that. But it took yielding my heart to the Lord. So hang on, I've made that far bigger than this great prize. We want our hearts yielded to God, but for him to have the loudest say, please hear me now. It can be loud around you, but it cannot be loud inside you. And, and, and that speaks to this thing of our inner world. 
I mean, here again, I've just done a six-week course on wholeness, and there is a lot to unpack as women, just about, not, not me, 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 introspective, don't get me wrong, it's not all self-care and self-love, but there's some important, some important things here around, like, just sorting out some of your, it's actually your spirit man, if I can put it that way, inside. Get your inner world sorted out, because there's a lot of stuff coming at your, at your natural self. Your spirit man, I mean, I'm, I'm now digressing, I'll just say one sentence, you're made up of spirit, soul, and mind. Your spirit man needs to be governing everything, not your emotions, not your self-esteem, not any of that. Your spirit man, that needs to be leading. Okay, I digress. So ladies, it's this regular call to intentionality, to make conscious decisions, brave ones even. I love this thing about being brave. Brave decisions to push back, push out, make mute the voice of the enemy in your life. It's intentional, girls. This, this, uh, this isn't you can't sleep and live this life and think good things are gonna go ahead of you. You have to be intentional about your walk with Jesus. And, and you know the noises, you know them. I mean, yes, I have an Instagram account. I have fun on there. But I keep it just to that. You know, I, I don't need all this other noise. And there's a place even for social media. And I'm gonna say things you've heard over and over again, but I, I just call them noises. And let me tell you, it can be more than social media. It can be the news. It can be history. It can be predictions of tomorrow. Man, if I knew what tomorrow, if I, you know, and then that causes fear. If I knew what tomorrow held, why bother having faith? I don't wanna know what you think tomorrow holds unless it's a prophetic word that we can all enjoy and walk into. It's not ignorance to go like, tra-la-la, no, just tomorrow's, no, I'm not being be ignorant, be informed. Man, it is amazing and it is responsible to be informed. But those things are not to be loudest in the Lord's voice in your life. Not social media, not your friends, not your peers, not your colleagues, not your neighbor, not your granny, not the news. It's a big one. There is this, as I say, there is a healthy place to enjoy that stuff and to be informed by that stuff. But I love this. Proverbs 4 says, keep vigilant, vigilant, big word, write it down. Keep vigilant, watch over your heart because that is where life starts. My goodness, let's hear it again. Proverbs 4, keep vigilant, watch over your heart because that is where life starts. I've got this thing with my five-year-old now. We've got a few things, but one of them is, boy, Kingy, his name's Kingston. Kingy, mm, was that a good decision? Does that sit right in your heart? And he's like, keep vigilant, watch. And he does this to me and it's a thing. And then he's all melty and cute and all is forgiven. But ladies, keep vigilant, watch over your heart. Not, hey, Sarah, can you sometimes watch out for my heart? Or, um... Never spend time with the Lord and hope that you can keep vigilant watch over your heart. It's hard work, ladies, hard work. But it's a good work, and it leads to life. And what did he say that life is? Abundant. So, we want to surrender our lives. Lay some unhelpful stuff down. I wrote some examples just now. Just now I wrote it down. Lay some stuff down that, that's hindering you surrendering your lives. Things like, not everything, <laughs> I said yeah. Not everything requires fasting and praying. <laughs> now, now, I've got friends who are like, oh my goodness, I needed a parking lot, and as I entered Diskim, I prayed, and there it was in front of Diskim. And I say, that didn't require praying and fasting. <laughs> when you're walking with the person of truth, there is a certain level of expectation you should already walk in. Father, oh man, my, I've got so many kids. Can I get a parking at the front? Shot. It's not a let me fast and pray on the way to the diskim. This is a very small example. But when I say move some unhelpful things out of your life, I promise you don't need to go and spend three hours with the Lord to hear him on it. 
You already heard it tonight, that boy's no good for you. Boom. <laughs> Someone's gonna start crying because I told them to break up and we've got enough tissues, so don't worry. <laughs> but, but, but now I'm digressing a little bit, but here's another really important thing to know. <laughs> the spiritual realm came long before the natural realm. There is stuff in the spiritual realm that we can't even see God doing. And if we just yield ourselves, he does such a dealing for us. I've digressed big time. But to that first point, girls, sometimes you're in enough of a relationship with the Lord to say, mm, I can feel there's an unsettling here. Let me just make a decision in the natural to unburden myself and unshackle myself of these things that have come to rob me. That caused me to not be able to surrender my life. Amen. So we want to yield our hearts and have Jesus govern them. Jesus, not your emotions. Oh, my word, woman. Why are we so emotional? I do feel sorry for my husband sometimes. <laughs> and then he'll look at me. What time of the month is it? Shush. Yeah. So, sorry, chaps. And then the third one, we want to prioritize our relationship with the person of Jesus. Oh, man, it's intimate and it's beautiful and it's for all of us distractions in the front row here. <laughs> so girls, before you were saved, you didn't have believing ears to hear the truth. Truth was there, but it hadn't landed on you yet. When you give your life to Jesus, it's like the ears pop and truth, the ignition of truth is turned on in your lives. Let me tell you, when I got saved, I was sitting back here somewhere halfway, a friend of mine invited me and uh, this guy, Cedric, at Glenridge Church in Durban, there was about 2,000 people in the room. He was preaching about the grace of God, and I was all, this is cool. And halfway through, I had all the like, what is this? I'm having feelings. I'm having feelings for this Jesus you speak about. He hadn't finished speaking, and I stood up, and I was like, sorry, excuse me, scooch, scooch. And I just started walking to the front. Okay, it's my personality. I'm not really bothered about people. But I just started walking to the front and all eyes were on me. And he literally looked at me and he said, you wanna give your life to Jesus? I said, okay, cool, yes, that, if that's what this moment is. And I gave my life to Jesus because the ignition of truth, the truth landed on me. And I could not sit there and not be obedient to what that was. Yeah. The problem is then that the enemy's voice, I didn't have all those nice practices in place about recognizing his voice, about it, treating his voice as a reminder, he can only lie about what is already true. So there was a handful of years where it was jolling one day in the church on Sunday tired with a hangover, I'm being honest. Okay, it was hard for a few years. In fact, I'm pretty sure when I met Anton, I wasn't even worthy to have met this like, guy who was born saved. But Jesus is kind, you know, and then he... Then I allowed him to do the deep, deep stuff. But he had my heart from hello. That's my point. He had my heart from hello. I listened to a word on grace and I was all in. It was on. That's what I told myself in the moment. This is on. Whatever this is, this is on. Because truth had entered my life. Not just this is sweet and it was started with a pretty bit of worship and there's nice people around me. No, truth had entered my heart and I was on. So this is a, this the scripture. If you're going to take down any scriptures, take this down. It's James 1 from verse 22 to 25. It's beautiful in all the translations, but I quite like how poetic it is in the Passion Translation. It says, don't just, it's almost, it's like a, hey, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. 
for that is the essence of self-deception. That's part one of the scripture. And I'm thinking to myself, deception is probably the most rough thing on the earth right now. You just have to go and look through all the things and there's about 15 other truths trying to, trying to vie for your affection and trying to vie for your buy-in. And it's all you do you because dare I own my truth or God truth, should I say, not my truth, God truth. Then the scripture goes on to say, let me read the whole thing now. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. And do you know what I love in there? He says poetry. What is poetry? Poetry, when you listen to poetry, it is the, I mean, I just think of the word lace. It's laced in, it is all descriptive. It is, it's kind of gorgeous poetry. It, it, it draws you in, good poetry anyway. And um, what's this guy, the horse, the mole, the fox? I like that guy. Anyway, I can never say the title of that book. And I know it's not poetry necessarily, but it's beautiful. Anyway, so the word of God should be laced into your very life and fulfilled in and through your life. I just, if I just, thank you, if I just hear the word and I go, that's great, that's for someone else, I've got quite a bit on my plate right now, I mean, I love Jesus, so I can tick that box, oh, religion, okay, that is religion. Because if you were up and jumping up and down and I could see it was sincere, but I've been in seasons of my life where I'm jumping up and down and hallelujah, back at the ranch, the list of what I'm not getting right. And I don't mean that in a works mentality, oh my gosh, I can't come to the Lord till I get this stuff right, no man, I told you about that kind friend in the beginning. But he wants us all in. He wants us to devour the word of God. Nom, 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 nom. It's like the ultimate feast you'll ever have. <laughs> I think I've made the point. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self-deception. Always let his worth become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. We actually have to live what we read and what we hear. Girls, I promise you, if you own this, best be living up to it. There is, there is a charge on our lives as believers to set an atmosphere, to set a tone in every single sphere you're in. And that's one of the reasons I say this word is for everyone. Every single one of you, you can't live your life and you can't live your life. God created you to fulfill what only you can fulfill on the earth. I mean, that for women is really important to hear because the enemy comes and he says, she'll do it better. No, 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 she's far more skilled. Don't, she's far more articulate. Those are some of the things that have come at me over the years. But oh, hang on, he created me. This is my identity issue now. He created me for things only I can fulfill. This is a moment he chose for me to speak at, not you. And if you have a desire to preach, your moment will come as well. But that's not my point. My point is just, my point was what? <laughs> we have to live what we read and speak and, and demonstrate on the earth. We are, there's a charge on us to do that. Oh, okay, and I just said you had two young moms in the room, and actually, I can say it to everyone because most, if not all, will become moms one day. Don't be afraid to be the first voice of truth in your child's life. It is critical that you own that. I'll give you an example. In our previous church, Anton and I were leading the youth, and parents dropped off their 15-year-old and said, oh, by the way, he started smoking. Can you deal with that shot? Cheers. And out they went, and I went, huh, uh, uh. And I didn't deal with that. And I said, love? No, I'm sorry, love. We're not dealing with it. We'll call the parents in and we'll encourage them to deal with it. Same like my kids. I think my first two when they were like six and five or something like that. Mom, what's getting drunk mean? 
And everything in me was like, oh, I'll tell them when they're older because it was this like fear thing. What if I don't say it right? Are they too young to understand? No, that will be the first moment in their life that they will ever have heard a truth file open on the subject of drunkenness. And when they're 57 and their mates are getting drunk still, well, let's not go that old. 18, okay? <laughs> and their mates are getting drunk in their minds. Whether they want to acknowledge it and they test it and everything, that first truth will pop up in their hearts and in their minds. Do not be afraid to be the first voice of truth in your children's lives one day. Okay, now here's like, oh, this is some hard news, but I'm gonna encourage you to own it. Stand for this one if, you, if, you, if you've been there, because I've been there a thousand times. It's a little FYI. Being someone who proclaims truth can often mean you won't be the popular one. Ooh. <laughs> it's actually promised to us in the word. You will be criticized. You will be put out. You are not cool enough then to be in our group. And I mean, I know, again, it's that whole love and truth relationship. Where you just got to get with God and say, Father, help me. Help me how to not, I don't want to engage in this compromise, but I also don't want to be excluded. Show me your ways. And he, I promise you now, I'll make a promise to you. He's kind enough to show you how. He's kind enough to show you how to stand on truth and not give in to compromise. I've experienced it countless times over the years. I have to say, when you hold unswervingly to God's truth, you best know you're going to be criticized. It's okay. It's okay. And let me tell you, if it's such harsh criticism, I'm just wondering if those people are right for your life. I mean, like the, like the word just tells us everything. Watch out for the company you keep. I mean, like you can recognize some of this stuff along the way. And so this is what I want to say about that, girls. You say, you say yes to Jesus, you do. You say yes to a brave life. Not like, oh, look at me. I'm the business because I've said yes to Jesus, which is so hard. No, that's not what I mean. You just say yes to a brave life because the world will tell you that you are stuck in a box and you might for many years in your life or many occasions in your life feel like you need to defend that. I promise you now don't. Don't defend that. Let your life be an example of Jesus and if necessary, use words. I wonder if you heard that. Like, let your life, let, let somebody say, Flip, you're so joyful, like, calm down. I can't. The joy of the Lord is just all over me, all the time, because truth landed on me, yes? I mean, here's a, here's a good way to figure out. Just ask yourself this simple question, and if, and if it's the wrong answer, because there is a wrong answer, take that one home and deal with the Lord. Ask yourself, am I a pleaser of man, or am I a pleaser of God? God is the one and only constant in our lives. And to ask yourself that question is a very good starting point if you've decided, actually, I want to be all in. Actually, and here's my favorite word, one of my top 10, I have, I have 10 favorite words in my life, one of my top 10 favorite words, radical. If you've decided, actually, I do, I want to be brave, I want to live a radical life, then settle that thing of who you're living to please. Settle it. I don't know if it is a fasting issue, just again, I think it's a like, well, if I understand anything of this, then surely I'm wanting to please God over man. Oh, how am I doing for time here? Okay, so how does this look? How does it look then, what I've just described? It can look like walking away from crude conversation. It can look like honoring your mother and father when your friends mock their mom and dads. It can be, oh, that's a hard one. Sit back for this one. It can, be, it can mean being mindful of what you watch on TV. I can start to list you some programs on Netflix. I'm like a third through and I'm like, I love this. I love anything 
war and I love anything, you know, from that period era, hang on. So, like, is it feeding you? Is it doing good for you? What was my original point? When you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to truth. What is filling your mind? What is filling your heart? What is filling your mouth? What is on your lips? If it's so easily to slip, slip a crude word, maybe you're around it too much. Just ask yourself some of these things. And I just love this about Jesus. He never defended himself against accusation. If my King Jesus didn't need to defend himself, I mean, honestly, and you can come with your attacks, why do I think I need to? Because somebody already died for me for my sins. Somebody already died for me to live a lavish life. Why do I feel like I need to defend myself? The only thing, it's good news. The only thing Jesus ever stood for in terms of, I don't even use the word defended, but he held true to his identity and he let you know, I'm the son of God. And he knew why we on the earth today would need to hold to that same truth. Are you comfortable in proclaiming and professing both in your heart and on your lips whose you are? It's a big deal. It's such a big deal. I mean, I think I said somewhere else, but I'm going to just say it now. Jesus is the most on-trend thing I can ever do in my life. He is ahead of the curve in everything, in the creative, in passion. He is ahead of the curve in everything. In fact, I do. I say it somewhere else. Let me hold, my, hold that thought. You didn't hear that. So let the word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. How? How do we grow in this relationship with truth? We get to know his voice. I said to you, the only way to be in that relationship is this, devour this, and get to know the voice of truth. I mean, listen to this now. His needs to be the loudest in your life. I mean, you've got that already. But then I read this amazing quote by Graham Cook. Well, challenging, I should say. Not every sound, noise, and voice we are hearing today is a good one. Discernment is key. <laughs> Discernment is key. That still small voice is your companion in trying to discern. The world is awash with deception, I said it earlier, with voices leading, leading you to fear and destruction. Tune out the voices that are not helpful and life-giving and tune in to the one who has and will sustain you for the journey of life, for your whole life. He is the one constant in your life. Because one of the, Jewel, listen now, one of the greatest challenges today is no longer being able to hear God's voice. It's the, it's the choosing his voice is loudest. That is a greater challenge on the earth today is to choose his voice as loudest. I can hear his voice. Am I committed to his voice? Do I allow him to lead? Or am I tossed by the wind? Am I, am I into all of it? Am I piecing together the bits that I like? There's a, there's, a, there's a girl I know, she's 47. She's finally met the man of her dreams. Not really. And, um, and she, doesn't, she doesn't need to speak, she doesn't need to be accountable because she's already older. She doesn't need to be accountable about their relationship. They go on long weekends, he sleeps over, and I'm looking at this lot going, honey, if you were 92 and you just met him, the truth still has a truth on that matter. Age, age doesn't give us, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Liberty to offend truth. Okay, know that one. So the concern with our faith today is not the inability to hear God's voice, but rather our willingness to hear others. We are far too willing to hear other voices. It is concerning just how much we are, are, are willing to hear others. Scrolling, scrolling. You should put a time limit on yourselves for that. You can get lost. 
So I don't have to tell you how many voices are competing for our listening ears, our affection and our willingness to follow. The truth of God, this is the one that just holds us steady. So as this thing wants to take me here, and this thing wants me to join this movement, and this thing wants me to put all my finance in, the truth of God just holds me steady and keeps me on the line. And can I tell you something? The truth of God is the only one that will grow you up into more. Maturity, if I'm your age still, oh, feels like the other day. I would be praying a lot about, Father, mature me into the things of God, into the things that are your priority, Lord. Everyone stand for a second. Okay, so now we're all in agreement. Because <laughs> remember, that's what this means. We're all in agreement. Just say with me, Father, may your truth grow me up into more. Now you can sit. <laughs> We're not landing just yet, ladies. So keep those amens coming. So, obviously, sometimes we need to unlearn and unhinge ourselves from truths we've listened to over the truth. And we do, we do. I mean, I, I, mean, I regularly go like, hang on, I mean, as I just look at my world, it's feeling a little bit crowded, it's feeling a little bit busy. What do I need to change? Sometimes it's diary stuff. Sometimes it's overcommitting. But actually, I've allowed, it, I've allowed far too much of this. It's like when I was staying with that friend. I love her dearly, but I kind of couldn't wait to get back to what felt comfortable for me in terms of how I'm living. So I want to encourage you, go on a mission to find your voice around truth. We need to get our voices and our hearts and our minds aligned and revived to God truth again. Is it not so? Even for me, I'm like, is it on my lips every day? As I say, this is not condemnation, but a good, a good thing to just come back to. Just revisit again. You want to be dangerous? <laughs> I want to be dangerous. And the way to do that is to align myself with truth. It makes me dangerous on the earth because I'm immovable. If I'm Jesus' child, then I'm immovable on my truth. So, I'm obviously not talking about Bible bashing. I'm talking about being carriers of truth, which are carriers of hope, and who knows how much hope this world needs. Okay, I really believe, I, want, I really wanna say this, there, there, is, there is a commission on your lives as young ladies to share that truth with somebody else or someone else. You cannot just have this for yourself and think, oh, I'm gonna grow rich and I'm gonna go deep and I'm gonna go to places with the Lord and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It only means something if you then go and advance the kingdom. Okay, because we aren't saved for ourselves. We are saved for the world. Actually, the Lord wants to kick the church out of church to go and be effective in all the nations. Okay. So even now, I want to encourage you, embrace that bubbling up that's happening in your spirit. Because I know it is. I know you agree with this. Allow the original conviction of why you even believed in the first place to awake something in you afresh tonight. It's like, I mean, I watched you worshiping. You love Jesus. But how all in am I? And, and by all in, I don't mean like be upfront, always have word, ready to come take the mark, be bold, be that. No, 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 you can be quiet and you can be meek. We, meek is not weak, but be all in. Yeah, I already said it, that this is the most delicious feast you'll ever enjoy. It took me a long time to want to make time for the word of God. I was like, okay, mm, Psalms, that sounds nice. Oh, this is nice, yeah, mm. 
Oh, Romans, that's amazing. And then we named our son Roman. <laughs> this is good stuff. What's this Isaiah business? I mean, it took me a really long time to have a love for it and to understand it. And you know what? Just start somewhere. I do. I actually encourage ladies, start in the Psalms. They're beautiful. They're good for you. They build this. They build a praise relationship with him and then allow him to take you other places. Because I want to tell you, that's a real thing. When your lives are busy and there's lots of fun things happening. Wait, hang on. Let me prioritize time for the word. Okay. Let me just da 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 da. Um, <laughs> look at this thing I said here. Don't let anyone tell you that the word of God is carbs. Like it's bad for you somehow. <laughs> Unless it's broccoli, which is also carbs. Okay. This is the good stuff. This is protein right here. Okay. That was just a little something that popped into my head. Now. So I'm going to read this next bit because I don't want to leave out the details, but I, felt, I thought that this was just an amazing picture. I read recently about space travel, right? I mean, that's what boys read about. But anyway, I was reading something recently on the subject of space travel, and as you can well imagine, when a team of astronauts set their course towards their destination in outer space, they plan the most accurate and detailed route. Taking time to consider... Uh, uh, what? taking into consideration a whole host of elements, from speed to atmospheric pressure to time, distance, and a whole host of other things. Listen to this. I read this was the exact line. They set the most non-negotiable course in place. They do this whilst fully aware and fully knowing with absolute certainty that they'll, make, they'll encounter at least a dozen course corrections along the way. And the Lord spoke to me so loudly. I feel like I don't have to carry on the story. You can probably get where I'm going with this. It is par for the course for these astronauts. They have built every bit of technology into that machine to take them to their destination um, and ultimately reach their original destination. So whilst there's all these course corrections, they don't, it's not a reason to fret. They've got all the things that help them get back onto course and ultimately reach the destination. I love this picture because God's truth is like this. We get saved, and he begins to show us vision for our lives. Now I have a course, a course for our lives, and we walk in much of it, and then we wobble, and we go here, and we detour off course. Has there any, raise of hands if you have not detoured. I would call you a liar. <laughs> okay, so we, we, we detour, we collapse under pressure, anxiety, how huge is anxiety for taking us off course? Even sickness, I mean, that's huge right now. Sickness just takes us off course. And then Jesus comes. There is no stuck moments with Jesus. His grace is poured out on us again. And those mercies of his, they are fresh every waking morning. So he, his grace is sufficient and it covers us. His mercies are new. And those same mercies, mercies triumph over judgment. I love that. You read about it in James. His mercy triumphs over judgment. You feeling condemned? That's not the Father's heart for you. His mercy will meet you tomorrow morning and all will be well again. He's that friend that never leaves you, not, never forsakes you, never forsakes you. So isn't he just such a good God? I mean, he gives us this new identity. He becomes our way, our truth, and our life, knowing full well that we'll regularly make break course and yet continues to surround us with the most matchless love we'll ever know. I gotta see at least 10 people stand, minimum, minimum. That's good news. So this is what I was saying earlier. Jesus is the coolest thing I'll ever do. Jesus is the coolest person I'll ever know. I said, yeah, he's the most on fleek, most woke thing I'll ever do with my life. <laughs> Giving my all to Jesus is the most important thing you'll ever do. I'm not cheerleading you. I can read you the scriptures. 
I'm just telling you what it is. I'm just telling you the facts of his truth. There isn't a single, single trend on earth today that is more current than our creative God. So he is our launching pad. He is our course corrector and our destination. Everything I do is in pursuit of more of him. When I make good decisions for my kids or when I stuff it up, go away, <gasps> I'm sorry. All of that is because I'm wanting us to pursue more of him. We are on a course to meet with Jesus. Oh, very exciting. Well, I've just my place. Here we are. Psalm 139 in the message says, you'll find me in a minute. You're already there. You know where you are right now in this moment? Either fully in, bored, stoked. He's in that moment with you right now. He was already there before you got there. The whole conversation you want to have with him when you go to sleep tonight, he's already there. He's already there waiting to meet you. Such a promise of his commitment to us. He has no plans and no thoughts of ever leaving you. He is the most constant one that you'll ever know, ever. Thank you. My husband said to me once, babe, you know, I love you, eh? I love you, and I know, but I don't need you. <laughs> and at the time, I didn't really have a grid for the conversation, but today I get it now. He loves me so much, but I'm a gift to him in the marriage. Jesus is what all fulfills him. And I can say I'm right there now as well. Jesus is the one that all fulfills me. I just get to have beautiful, incredible wildlings as well and an amazing husband and this incredible portion in life. But only Jesus is the constant one. And dare I forget that because if you build too much into this and too much into him or too much into your friends or too much into the, your studies or too much into what you wanna do with your career one day and that goes away or crumbles, you better know you are firmly rooted on that rock. I'm sure I'm going to say something about a rock. Where is it? Have I missed it? I said something cool about a rock. Um, okay. So, well, I'll just say it here. <laughs> that we need to build upon the rock because the one who occupies the sand is the devil. It is murky. It collapses. It's weak. We build upon the rock. So I want to encourage you to, okay, this. <laughs> I want to encourage you, ladies. We need to constantly be re revisiting the storehouse of truth in our own lives. What's another word for that? Our testimony. You've encountered Jesus. That means you are building a storehouse. I've got a moment right now with the Lord. He's building something into my own testimony. And I'm building and I'm building and I'm building and I'm building truth upon truth. And God's truth is becoming deeper and deeper within me. Recognize, celebrate, and declare the work he has done in your life like armor. It's your armor. As you face the battle, wait, hang on, let me just step back. Let me recognize, recall, celebrate all that he's done in my life this far, thus far. Your storehouse of truth is your testimony. Why is this truth the right one? Because now, that's the one of the attacks that will come at you. Yeah, well, I don't believe in the Bible, so I can't listen to anything else you have to say. Why is this truth the right truth? A couple of really simple reasons. It never changes. It crosses any and all barriers, be it language, education, culture. It is the same God and the same Spirit doing the same thing on all of the earth, on all of the earth, throughout the world. And God is truth that can be trusted. You just give them that. <laughs> I'd like to see them argue with that, whoever them are. So some of us need to turn our eyes again and fix them firmly on Jesus. Your eyes, your ears, your minds, they've wondered a bit. Has, has that happened to anyone? Just our attention has gone to other things. I got, you just, you just, I gotta love that song. I'm not gonna sing it for you, but you know the one. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. 
and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I mean, do yourself a favor, write that down, stick it in your cupboard. Just remind yourself, oh, hang on. Even that dream I had was unhelpful. Let me turn my gaze again to him. What a beautiful invitation. What a beautiful invitation. Remembering all the while that his grace is right there along with you if you break course. So you're not encouraged to break course, but he's gracious for when we do. Here's a big scripture. Proverbs 3, again from the Passion. Couldn't bring all my Bibles. Proverbs 3, verse 1 to 4. My child, oh, listen to this, girls. My child, if you truly want a long and satisfying life, never forget the things that I've taught you. Follow closely every truth that I've given you.